In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. My beloved, today is the last month of the blessed month of Kiyak. And uh, the gospel is from the last part of Mark chapter 1, which speaks about the birth of St. John the Baptist. And St. John the Baptist, if we want to think about any resilient people in the Bible, he would be among the, the best. We spoke a little last week about this idea of resilience and why is it that we as Christians need to be resilient. Um, we saw <clears throat> that there seems to be an ever-growing number of fragile individuals, whether adults or children, uh, and we saw this was evidenced by maybe some people avoiding to take challenges. Uh, they'd rather just quit and give up, handling uh, criticism uh, from other people, over-reliance uh, on the validation of what other people say through social media and so on, the inability to cope with stress. They get stressed and they feel like, okay, I need to shift this on somebody else to bear this burden of my stress and not me myself. Um, an intolerance for discomfort. I want everything to make me comfortable. And if somebody disagrees with me and it makes me uncomfortable, then i got to go after them and make sure that they validate me and make me feel good. All of these factors look and we see this is a bit of fragility in society and in other individuals. And we saw there are many factors that might you know, contribute to this uh, state. Uh, we said the, the growing you know, promotion of the self, you know, where it's, everything's about me, I'm the center from the philosophy and ideas of you know, I can determine the truth to what happens online um, by people validating me and I'm the center of attention. Um, and even in like people's own made-up religions, you know, they kind of dabble in different religions, but at the end of the day, it's promotion of the self, to make myself the God and everybody else worship or cater to me. Um, a growing sense of laziness, again, perhaps with the growing of technology. Um, absence or poor parenting, um, poor role models. All of these things contribute to this sense of uh, fragility and a lack of resilience uh, in some adults and children. The reality is, my brother, we're all going to face challenges. But how are we going to face them? Are we going to face them, you know, uh, and and push forward when, with resilience? Or are we going to fall back and be fragile like, a, you know, a glass cup that's going to fall and break? Which one are we going to be? So I said last week, today we're going to speak about some qualities found in resilient people. And the idea is for me to evaluate myself, not anybody else, evaluate myself and see how in my life can I be a bit more resilient and where in my life am I a bit, you know, fragile and see if we can uh, strengthen uh, those areas of our life by the grace of God. The first quality you find in people who are resilient is that they have a clear purpose and goal. Without a sense of direction and purpose, I cannot endure any hardship or difficulty. If I don't have a goal of where I want to go, why would I endure? Why would I go to university, for example, for four or eight years and struggle in studying, and at the end I have no idea what my degree is going to be or what job I'm going to get? We wouldn't do it, right? Um, <clears throat> or why is it that I'm going to participate in some kind of sport that perhaps you know requires a lot of effort for me to keep my body in shape and to work out and so on? If I don't have the goal in front of me, then it becomes very easy to give up on it and quit. So we need to have the goal, a clear purpose and goal. St. Paul likens our spiritual journey as that of a race. He says in Corinthians 
Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So this is our spiritual life, something we must run, endure, and be resilient. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who, be, uh, not as one who beats the air. So he says, I'm running, but not with uncertainty. I have a sense of direction. I know where I'm going. Because if I don't have a sense of direction, he says, what? as if I'm what? Beating the air. Right? You know, sometimes we might uh, look at people who are training, and they tend to train on the air. You know, where they're kind of, if they're boxing, they kind of box in the air. If they're dribbling or shooting, they kind of shoot in the air. They pretend like if they play instruments, they play the air, and so on. And if we continue to do this all the time, people would say, okay, there's something off. Right? With this person. So imagine us running without direction. We look and say, where is this guy going? You know, he's not going anywhere. He just keeps going in circles like a hamster around the wheel. <clears throat> we must have a sense, a clear sense of uh, purpose and goal. The second uh, quality you'll find in those who are resilient is discipline. In order to stay the course, one must be disciplined. There are going to be many distractions and detractors from our goal. There are many people who want to keep us from that. I remember our, as a, when I was in high school, I wasn't much of a gym person. I'd rather play sports, but I wasn't much of a gym person. My friend was a gym person. So we'd go in the gym and we'd say we're going to go for the gym for two hours. And I think we were there. We actually worked out maybe 15 minutes and an hour and 45 minutes we were just joking. So he stopped going to the gym with me because I was <laughs> kept him. I was his detractor. Um, so we have to be disciplined. You know, we have to be disciplined. If I have a goal and I want to set it, then I, can't, I have to recognize those who are distracting me and detracting me from this goal and remain disciplined. If you remember the story that Dan and the three holy youth, or more particularly the, uh, the three holy youth, their goal was what? We're in a foreign land, but we're still going to worship our God. Even if the king said contrary, and we're going to be thrown in the fire, if I worship, if we're caught worshiping God, we're going to do it anyway because I have a clear goal. This is who I am. This is my identity. And when they were faced with this challenge, he said, okay, we're going to throw you in the, in the, in the fire. They said, we have no reason even to answer you regarding this. So they made the fire harder. But they were okay. It's okay. And if you paid attention to the praises yesterday, the, some of the praises is very beautiful. It was as if there was this dialogue between Hananiah, Sirach, and Mishael about what's going on in the fire. And they were praising God and the fire didn't burn them. Right? All of these things, why? Because they had a sense of discipline. We had, our goal in mind, and we weren't allowed anybody, even the king, to be a detractor. The third quality we'll find in those who are resilient is that they know they will face challenges. And this is maybe one that uh, might pass us sometimes. Right? We go in to say, okay, I'm going to go into this, and I expect there to be no challenges. But as you get older and more mature, you'll actually, uh, you know, Expect the challenge and prepare for it beforehand, right? So you go in and they, they'll train you for this if you're in any kind of medical field or engineering field or whatever it is. They train you for the things that might pop up just out of nowhere. Okay, what if the wind blows this way? Is the structure going to hold? What if the patient has this and you're not, you didn't know about it? How are you going to handle this? All this is in your training. You prepare for the unknown, right? So those who are resilient, know that there could be some unknowns. And I will face challenges. They don't expect everything to go as planned, right? Because those are the people who are resilient. 
They know that the challenger awaits, but they are motivated to prepare for that challenge. And again, anyone who participates in any sports, they don't go in expecting the other team not to play defense. The idea is, okay, how are they going to play defense and how is my offense going to counter that? Again, it's a plan, right? Because I'm resilient, I'm preparing for the unknown. Like a soldier going to the military. When somebody prepares as a soldier to go to the military, they don't say to themselves, you know, if I'm tested, I will persevere. They don't say that. What they say is, when I am tested, I will be ready. It's not a matter of if, but when. So the person who is resilient knows it will come, but it's just a matter of when. The The Lord told us, in the world you will have tribulation. And this, yes, he said this to the disciples, but it's for everyone. There's nobody who goes to the world without any kind of tribulation uh, that might face them. But it's all about the preparation. How will I prepare? If I prepare myself spiritually with a dose of um, uh, spiritual discipline every day, then when something comes to challenge that faith, I am ready. I'm not fragile. My faith isn't based on a miracle that I expect from God. No, it's far deeper than that. It's a relationship. It's something we carry every day. I see him before me every day in prayer. The more we prepare and train ourselves, my beloved, in spiritual disciplines, the more we'll be prepared for the spiritual warfare. It's all about the preparation. So the third quality of those who are resilient is that they know that they will face a challenger. Number four is that they persevere in the midst of adversity. They'll persevere. They don't quit. They have this non-quittal mentality. In the face of any adversity, what is my reaction? Is my first reaction to retreat and to quit? Then I'm fragile. I'm not one who pushes through. Um, Or I can get used to the gifts and assistance of God has provided me uh, to persevere, knowing that victory is far better than defeat. I can push through and say, you know what? God gave me certain gifts and gave me resources. If I can't do this on my own, there's somebody perhaps in my life who can assist me and help me, right? And I can push through this. Again, going like through university. There's a certain subject that I'm having difficulty with. Perhaps there's a a fellow student or another mentor or a tutor who can help me, right? We're not all good at everything. Very rarely. Maybe never. But there's somebody who can pick up and help me pick up the slack where I'm lacking. Again, the person who is resilient knows where to access the help that he or she needs. Some of the challenges in life may seem to be a little uh, of little value uh, t- uh, to God. However, every challenge can either strengthen or weaken our faith and love for God. Sometimes you look at the challenges and say, oh, this seems very trivial. Why would God really care about this? Believe me, every challenge, even if it seems trivial, is a type of training for you and me. right? Even if it seems something very small, maybe just a word that somebody said, or a difficulty on the road, a bump, I ran out of gas, or whatever it is, any challenge could be an opportunity for us to grow and persevere. There are many women and uh, men in the Bible who carried this a sense of persevering through adversity. It's, the Bible's riddled with them. For example, Moses, he endured the people in the wilderness for 40 years. Ruth endured the relationship of her lost husband 
and being away from her family, I went going back to uh, Israel with her mother-in-law, Naomi. All of these adversities she faced because she loved the one. She, she gave up all for the one. Daniel and the three youth, as I said, they endured the peer pressure. They were the only ones who didn't bow to the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But they did it anyway. They persevered. Joseph endured injustice, left and right, falsely accused. But he endured. Job endured physical um, ailments and sickness. Perseverance does not necessarily mean that we will endure without engaging or responding. Perseverance doesn't mean we're just going to sit there and do nothing, uh, and this is endurance. No, no, this is laziness. Endurance is the, the pushing forward. If I, this door is closed, I'm going to pursue the other door. If this door is closed, I'm going to pursue another door. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to just sit there and say, okay, God, I'm persevering, all the hardship around me, I'm not going to do anything. It's not what God wants from us. He wants us to push. When the apostles met, you know, uh, persecution and the people hated them where they were preaching, they said, you know what, God, if you wanted them to believe, you make them believe, why should we go through this? They didn't say this. They persevered. Because I know what I'm preaching is true. I'm going to persevere. And even if they don't like what I'm saying and they stone me for it, I'm going to do it anyway. This is resilience. They're able to persevere in the midst of adversity. Look what St. Paul says about his life and those of the apostles. He says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the, the, in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Always carrying about the dying of the Lord Jesus. Every day, there is some kind of challenge that they met. They didn't quit. They continued to pursue and push forward. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal body. So then death is working in us, but life in you. So why, Paul, did you persevere? So that death will work in me, but life in you. His perseverance wasn't for himself. Maybe we'll say, okay, the resilience is for, for me to achieve or for my child to achieve. But he was persevering for the betterment of others. They received life and he received death. This takes resilience to another level. This takes perseverance to another level. Where I'm no longer persevering just for myself, but I'm persevering for my neighbor to have life. And again he says to his disciple Timothy, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. There's a certain element as we persevere that we want to please the person who enlisted us. Right? If I'm a servant, perhaps I want to please a buna who allowed me to serve in this capacity. If I'm a deacon, I want to please the coordinator. If I'm a priest, I want to please the bishop. If I'm a bishop, I want to please the pope. If I'm an athlete, I want to please the coach. If I'm a worker, I want to please the boss. Right? Again, this takes perseverance. It doesn't come just, you know, by standing by. Persevering in the midst of adversity. <clears throat> the fifth quality of those who are uh, resilient is that there's, they understand their strength comes from God. 
Those who are resilient know their strength from, from God, just as St. Paul. St. Paul preached and asked to be healed of a disease that they believe he had in his eye. And it kept him from writing and from ministering, and it had a really bad smell, and people didn't like it, and they tried to avoid him. Right? But this was a problem for him in ministry. So he said, okay, God, I prayed for others to be healed, and they were healed by my hand. Can you heal my eyes so I can preach better and minister better and do more and write perhaps more letters? St. Paul tells us in Corinthians, he says, concerning this matter, I pleaded the Lord three times. He asked only three times that this might be taken from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So the Lord responded to him and said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, he says, what St. Paul summed up after the Lord told him this, therefore most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So the source of his complaining and his ailing of his disease, when he received the, the message from God that his grace is sufficient for him and his strength is made perfect in his weakness, now St. Paul would begin to boast about his infirmity. Why? Because the strength of God would not be apparent. He understood this isn't my effort. This is God's effort. It's God the one who's going to change the heart. How many sermons, how many things are online about, and everybody has a thousand sermons online. But does that change anyone? Doesn't change. No one changes because they hear something. They change because the Holy Spirit moves something in their heart and says, today's the day. We need to make a change in life. Enough is enough, right? It's this movement of the Holy Spirit that's the real work. That's why St. Paul tells us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The fifth, or sorry, the sixth and last um, quality of those who are resilient is that uh, they know that repetition and any challenge builds stamina and strength. There's no problem with a repeated trial or a repeated challenge. Of course, yes, nobody likes it, but this also builds stamina. And they welcome this kind of challenge. Look what St. Paul says to the Romans. He says that not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. But isn't it hard, Paul? Yes, he says it's hard. But I glory in these tribulations. Why, Why, Paul, do you glory in these tribulations? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. Builds one's character. And character, hope. So he says, I persevere without faltering, because I know that this will strengthen my character, my person. And these tribulations at the end will not be for my failure, but for my success and uh, getting stronger. And with each successful hardship that ones encounter, we not only gain character, but also hope that I can overcome a future trouble. And this is the beautiful thing about our relationship with God. When we pray to Him, in a certain circumstance, and he grants us, by his grace, the ability to overcome, and we see his hand in this. Next time we have a similar trial, or maybe even a different trial, remember his hand that he had in this particular trial. And if I could have been a the the important thing is that we just remember. We remember these times where he stayed with us. Um, there was a beautiful story about a saint uh, in our church. His name is Saint Abracus. We commemorate his uh, commemoration the 13th of Kiak. 
couple uh, about a week ago or so. And it says what? That he was from Upper Egypt. He was a monk. And uh, he became a monk when he was about 20 years old or so. Uh, and he strived in his uh, monastic life. And then all of a sudden, one day, Satan appeared to him. And what did Satan tell him? He says, you still have 50 more years to live in this world, so have mercy on yourself. He was working too hard. So Satan says, you got 50 years ahead of you. Take it easy, slow down. You know, why are you doing so many matanyas and praying so much and doing and serving so much? And easy. Wishing that these words would cast a Satan, that would cast this man into Saint Abrakis into laziness and sloth. And how did the wise old man reply? I wasn't old at the time, but he replied and said, what? You have made me sorrowful, so I have thought that I had another hundred years to live, and I have slackened in my fight and in my worship. If this is the case, I strive even harder before I die. So how did he respond? He says, wow, 50 years? That's nothing. I thought I was going to live a hundred years. I don't have any time left. Let me work harder. This is resilience, right? This is saying, okay, I got to work harder. The time is only getting shorter, right? No one's life is expanding. It's all just getting shorter. From the day we were born, the day of our death is approaching closer and closer every day. What am I doing today? What am I doing today? We live in challenging times, my beloved, and the media is ever stronger to influence us and our children. Um, and likely this will remain a challenge for generations to come. We need to look and consider our one's resilience. Because this, if this is not something we practice and pass down to our children, the future will be in jeopardy. The next generation will be in jeopardy. They'll become lazier and lazier and lazier and they want to, don't want to do anything and they'll try to get machines to do everything for us. Okay, Machines will not save us. Only God will save us and machines won't preach to us. Only people will preach to us. Other people will preach to us. He instituted the church which is the body of Christ made of individuals, you and I, uh, one another, that are tasked to spread the message of salvation to the whole world. We must face these with resilience and courage. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.